tons of gold for you. Ha! Tons of gold for me. Ha! Tons of gold for we. Ha! Oh my God! Yeah. El Dorito. <laughs> I like nacho cheese <laughs> and Cool Ranch. <laughs> Spicy chili hint of lime. <laughs> El Dorito. Oh my God! El Dorito. <laughs> El Dorito. <laughs> Sorry. It's the doom for me. Guys, today's going to be so much fun. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where it is tough to be a god. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2000 animated adventure comedy film, The Road to El Dorado. Queer subtext. Queer subtext. <laughs> Queer subtext. No, guys, it is June, finally. Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride Month. We're going to be doing some weirdies this month. Yeah, I know. We're going to be doing like a gay potpourri of sorts. <laughs> We're running out of gay mainstream shit to do. No, we really are. <laughs> no, I understand. We could share more obscure things on the podcast. We haven't. It's been a while since we've done something obscure. I know, but like, hey, I would be more inclined to put that on the Patreon. Oh my God, you mean because they can become a little onion at the five? Yes, on the Patreon for $5 a month you have access to all of our bonus content our outtakes stuff outside the timeline it's a party folks we want you to come and join our little watch party in the patreon give us your money pretty please with sugar on top please please we love we'd love you so much we, you get to listen to us just be stupid and you get to pay <laughs> for it only five bucks yeah and then of course you get all of our expended and long form content guys so go over and give that a look in addition you can go follow us on twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, if you are on the Spotify or the Apple Podcast, please be giving us five stars. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. Also, guys, if you want access to the entire catalog of Kicking and Streaming materials, go check us out on Podbean. We're just not big enough to have all our episodes logged yet. <laughs> yeah, I guess. On the Apple Podcast. But you can find the full catalog on Podbean. Indeed. And guys, I mean, I just went back and re-listened to the Titanic episode today. A little rough, right? You know, it's a little rough, but also enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Ross's little history corner over there. Listen, I, oh, <laughs> you have no idea how si excited I am for this summer on Patreon. Oh, no. You have no idea how excited I am. Guys, you're just going to have to be on the lookout for it. We're doing probably HBO's most successful miniseries, so <laughs> I'm excited. Y'all will probably be bored, but you'll get a lot of Ross's History Corner this summer on the Patreon. All right, you ready to get on the road? Oh my god! <laughs> I won't fire you. I won't fire you, but you're cute. The legend of a lost city of gold and the two men brave enough to find it. I am Miguel. And I am Tulio. And they call us Miguel and Tulio. Seven! And 
Your dice are loaded! I will give you the honor of a quick and painless death. Mm. But not with that. I'll bet we can make that. Two Pesetas says we can't. You're right! You lose. DreamWorks Pictures invites you... Holy shit! ...to join two friends on an incredible journey. We'll follow that trail. What trail? To the magnificent city of gold. El Dorado. Big smile, like you mean it. They actually think we're gods. Miguel and Tulio, the mighty and powerful gods. Hello. Now. You're going to need my help. What makes you think we need your help? Are you serious? They're bound for excitement. Yeah. Who's the guy? You the guy. No. Romance. Hmm? And danger. I know you are not gods. You're not a god? That was good, huh? Featuring six new songs from Elton John and Tim Rice, the Oscar-winning team from The Lion King. The Road to El Dorado. Guys, first off, this movie is just, it's just fun. No. <laughs> it, it's fun to pick apart. It's fun the little journey you go on. It's a very well animated film. Oh, yeah. It's from the year 2000. It's Would, the last year of the 20th century. And the advances, the advancements they've made in animation by this point are a little hard to appreciate because we were all people from our generation, at least, were children at that time. Yeah. Small children at that time. But watching it now with our 2020s vision, I am just like. Wow, this is just, it's a lot more pleasing than I ever remember it being as a child. I knew you would love this piece of trivia, but like, this is a riff on the old Bob Hope, Bing Crosby movies, like The Road 2, dot, 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 wherever it, it was. It is not based on Road 2 material. Yes, it is. No way. It absolutely is. That's why the bond between Miguel and Tulio is so strong, because they knew that buddy movie aspect was going to be so crucial to the success of this film. We also need to talk about the fact that this film lost hella money. Oh no, this is like this is the this is this generation's closest definition of a cult favorite. Like it is it it bombed 20 million dollars. A 53% on Rotten Tomatoes? I know. And I, I that's the thing. I've always loved this. I mean, you've got you you know, you guys know how I love a film soundtrack. <laughs> and we've got some of the best composers and lyricists alive today. We've got Elton John. We've got Hans Zimmer. We've got Tim Rice. Yeah. Three faves on this pod. Cast. Mm -hmm. Three absolute faves. And Literally what made the Lion King the Lion King. And you know what? This is a very whitewashed narrative. No, not gonna lie. It, its depiction of um, indigenous ignorance is not very flattering. No, absolutely not. But you know what? I'm still having a good time. Maybe that's my white privilege, but... It is entirely possible. It is entirely our white privilege. <laughs> El Dorado itself is not a city of gold. El Dorado is actually a godlike figure or a godlike man. 
I'm not quite sure. Or a godlike ritual, depending on what you're reading. Exactly, exactly. A term used by the Spanish to describe a mythical tribal chief or the Golden King. More specifically, the King of the Muisca people? Indigenous rights organizations, like, really did not care for this movie. Like, I mean, I'm not qualified to speak on that. I'll include some sources in the related media, but like... I mean, their opinion is the most valid. No, it is. And that that's entirely what I'm saying. Like, there there's some sexism and some racism here. Like, especially with historical sensitivity. See, now you're making me feel bad because I said how fun it was. Right. But you're right. We need to point these things out. Like, you know, it's just like the, the whole idea of... The barbarianism surrounding these indigenous people, like with the human sacrifice and the spilling of blood in order to purify the community. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that was an aspect of some remote tribes in many parts of the world. Any barbarism you can point to in any brown culture is repeated 20 times over in white cultures. Absolutely. And the way that they highlight it in this movie is incredibly unflattering. Mm-hmm. It sounds like everybody's wrong. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Some are more wrong than others, but everybody seems to be wrong when you get right down to it. Yeah. (laughs) We've got a couple of directors here today. We've got Bebo Bergeron and Don Paul. I don't really care about Don Paul. Sorry, Don. Hi. Love you. Thanks for for contributing. But... Bebo Bergeron, or Eric Bergeron is his name. He's he's French. Um, he comes from the French Republic of France. <laughs> <laughs> he directed Shark Tale. Oh my God! We love Shark Tale. <laughs> In this house, we love Shark Tale. You'll love this. He did Fern Gully. No way! Yeah, but he did a Fern Gully. Fern Gully, the last rainforest. Oh, okay. From okay. 1992, the year of your birth and the year of the woman. Absolutely. Not that Fern Gully has anything to do with that, but. <laughs> He did Fievel Goes West. I love that stupid movie. H- how did I know that you would have liked that more than the Fern Gully bit? Oh my god. And he Oh no. He did the Madagascar penguins in a Christmas caper. Isn't that the one we watched on the ferry between Ireland and England or something? It was one of them, but I the movie played twice. I know. It's a four and a half hour journey ferry ride from England to Ireland, believe it or not. And we saw it twice. <laughs> well, we were asleep on the floor of the theater, <laughs> rocking back and forth. <laughs> Fun times. It was a good time in Ireland. Folks, you might have guessed it, but we've got names. Oh, absolutely. Oh, do we have names? Ladies, ladies, and gentlemen, please welcome, in his first kicking and streaming appearance, Sir Kenneth Branagh. Guys, listen. Oh, Contain yourself. (laughs) I know that my Shakespearean interest is one of the most basic things about me as an English major, but Sir Kenneth Branagh makes me feel a certain kind of way. In his English Britannic way, he is most basically the Olivier of our time. I mean, really? He draws so much inspiration from Olivier. He played Olivier once. Oh my God. Guys, I'm going to be pushing for a Shakespeare Shakespeare month in these upcoming months. No, I, I like calling it Shakespeare. Let's go with, <laughs> let's go with your first suggestion. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. I love that idea. Oh my God, guys, this is Emma Thompson's former husband. Yes! <laughs> Do you know how great you have to be to get Emma Thompson to marry you? And here's one of my favorite pieces of Kenneth Branagh trivia. He's the director of the first Thor movie. 
Yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. He does a lot. He directs. He acts. Like he, he's doing lots of things. Oh my God, his portrayal of Hercule Poirot in this latest rash of Agatha Crispy, Crispy. <laughs> That's great bonus fodder. <laughs> oh my fucking! God. I love reading Agatha Crispy. <laughs> Agatha she... extra crispy, please. <laughs> It's funny because your mind went to chicken yeah. and my mind went to Rice Krispie Treats. <laughs> I hate us. Oh my God. Okay, we have to get back. We have to go. Come on. We okay, have, to, we have on. to go. We have to go. Hold on. <laughs> back to the Krispie. <laughs> Come on. This we got to focus. <laughs> People will most widely probably know him as Professor Gilderoy Lockhart from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yup. But he is playing Miguel this week. And Miguel's my fave. <laughs> I know. I mean, how could he not be? You are the Miguel to my Tulio. Miguel's a Pisces. That's all I need to say. <laughs> All the love for all the little Pisces out there. Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming, and I believe his first appearance, Mr. Kevin Klein. I don't know a lot about Kevin Klein. He is a name that I know from <laughs> film and entertainment and performances. He is playing Tulio today. Uh, he's got a lot of creds on Broadway. He's a Tony Award winner. Yeah, his personality, his acting presence was definitely invented for the stage. Uh, Pirates of Penzance, apparently. The OBC. <laughs> you guys probably know him as Mr. Fish Odor on Bob's Burgers. Oh my god, he is! <laughs> he is! That's amazing. He's in A Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes, he is. He voices Phoebus. Oh my goodness, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah! My favorite Kevin Klein role is in a Fish Called Wanda. I love A Fish Called Wanda. <laughs> we need to watch that soon. Yes, we do. Oh, no. He made his debut in Sophie's Choice. Oh, no. I didn't know. I forgot about that. <laughs> you only ever think of Meryl when you think of Sophie's Choice. Yeah. Folks, please welcome to Kicking and Streaming in her first appearance, Miss Rosie Perez. Oh, my God. She is voicing Chell today. <sighs> do the right thing. White men can't jump. <laughs> She's the fighter pilot in Avatar. She was on In Living Color. Yes, in she the, was. In the early 90s. I love In Living Color. <laughs> I also should mention that she is currently one of the co-hosts on The View. <laughs> which I just, I'm sorry, that's hilarious. <laughs> the Shell the- hosts on The View. <laughs> We've also got Armand Asante. As Zekel Khan. As Zekel Khan. Uh, people will know him from, uh, he played John Gotti. In Gotti. Oh, God. From HBO. Oh, Gotti? He, he's Nietzsche in When Nietzsche Wept. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> what a pair of roles. He's also in that 97 miniseries about Homer. No, it's The Odyssey. It's not about Homer. <laughs> it's Homer's The Odyssey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go! That's all I think about. We've got Edward James Olmos here. He's playing Chief Tanabach. Edward James Olmos is big in movies. He's also big in TV. He's Marty Castillo from Miami Vice, everybody. Oh, my God. He's also in Battlestar Galactica, but like the new one. Yeah. He's in that FX show Mayans. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's also in an adaptation of 12 Angry Men. He's in... <laughs> Chloe loves Dexter. Oh, I know. He, I guess he had an arc on Dexter, but I don't really know. Moving on, guys, you can always pick him out. 
Oh, here we go! Unless he's just being real specific about his voice work, you can always find Jim Cummings. <laughs> and he, there's no way he hasn't been on the show before. Guys, I don't think we could really tell you how many times Jim Cummings has been on Kicking and Streaming. No, he's a very diverse voice actor. Even in movies where he's not technically credited, he's probably been there. He's played over 400 distinct character voices. That's incredible. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, no, yeah, a legacy voice. He's a legacy voice. He's also Tigger. He's both of these two legacy voices. Yes. He's also currently doing Tasmanian Devil, Pete, and Darkwing Duck, Anastasia, Brave Little Toaster, Scooby-Doo, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, he's Lion King. He's in The Lion King. He's in, he's in Return of Jafar. You know, Page Master, Goofy Movie, Pocahontas, like Aladdin, like in so many different things, Disney and off. Like, like there's no way that Anybody who's listening to this podcast has not seen a movie with his work in it. No, that's absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's statistically, I believe, impossible. I So I really couldn't tell you how many different things he's been on in here. But he's, of course, doing the voice of our lovely friend. Oh, don't even! No, no. To one of the worst human beings that ever existed, the fictionalized animated version of Hernan Cortez. The, the, uh... The Conquistador? Yeah. Don't call them Conquistadors. Let's not idolize these figures. (laughs) They're rapists and murderers and pillagers. Too true. And thieves. Straight up thieves. Colonizers. Mm. Uh, Some honorable mentions, guys. We've got... Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. Remember when we talked about this last Halloween? We've got Tobin Bell here with us today. His char- we don't ever get his character's name, but his name's Zaragoza? Yeah, no, uh, Tulio just calls him Pee-wee. He's the sailor in the beginning who sells them the map to El Dorado. Well, he doesn't sell it to them. They cheat him out of it, but we'll get there. We also have Bob Bergen, the current voice of Porky the Pig, as the Jaguar. Elton John as the singing narrator. <laughs> yes! <laughs> And legendary animal voice actor Frank Welker as Altivo. I love Altivo. Altivo is the key to this film's success. He really is. He so is. All right. (laughs) You want to dream work? Oh, let's do it. (laughs) Absolutely. I I hated that. (laughs) I hate to open with a pun, but this opening sequence is God's tier. Ha! <laughs> ah! Oh my god. Cut. Cut. Can we cut? Yeah, go ahead. Shut the fuck up. Oh my god. Oh my I god. hate you for that. That's amazing. <laughs> This animated sequence in the beginning is so gorgeous. It's like I took two tabs. Oh, I know. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, I absolutely love it. When they're detailing the legend of El Dorado, the legendary city of gold. Created by two gods on some serpent back. Is it a dragon? What is it they're on? I don't know. It's like a dragon snake. Yeah, a a, a drake? No. Snaggin. (laughs) A snaggin. A snaggin. (laughs) I love how the attitude is that these two gods made an entire paradise out of nothing like blue rivers green pastures everything was beautiful but then they looked at each other and they were like make it gold make it gold and made out right of the 
It's Spain, 1519. Hernan Cortez is on his way to the New World to do some damage. Oh, absolutely. We want gold, because we're Spain, and we've got to be the most powerful empire in the world. Yeah, guys, you can learn a lot more about the current socioeconomic landscape of Spain and the legend of El Dorado in some of the sources I'm going to post in the related media. We just don't have time to go into it. You know that domino meme? Yeah. Okay, at the bottom is Spain wants gold. (laughs) And the biggest domino is late-stage capitalism slowly killing everybody. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, If you don't laugh, you'll cry. I know. Oh, my God. Today, we sail to conquer the new world for Spain, for glory, for gold. I literally wrote, Hernan Cortez, who is burning in hell, is here. (laughs) No, listen, on that documentary I just mentioned, there was a quote from Hernan Cortez from his memoirs that said, We Spanish have a disease of the heart, a disease that can only be cured by gold. (laughs) That's insane! I know! Uh, But you know what? It was 1519. I feel like there wasn't a lot of room for nuance in 1519. (laughs) Much in the same way that there is not a lot of room for nuance today. For Spain, for glory, for gold. This is where I wrote, you can always hear Jim Cummings. Oh, I know! (laughs) Because Cortez has found gold in the, quote, new world before, now everyone wants to come over to South America and look for it. Like Pizarro. He was another famous conquistador. And Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> or La Salle in yeah, North America. Absolutely. So all of these sailors are getting ready to go, right? We're, we're going to go to the New World. We're going to find some gold. Well, we have Zaragoza. <laughs> and before he takes off on his journey, because who knows how long they're going to be gone, right? Right. It's the New World. We don't even know how long it takes to get there, really. <laughs> But he is trying to, you know, maybe catch a little extra scratch before he goes. And he's playing, he's playing a dice game. You know, he's gambling. And here we are introduced to Miguel and Tulio. I have our quote heroes with quotations around them. We really need to examine they were just heroes. Oh my God. Or that they were just partners (laughs) in crime. They are partners. Believe me. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Queer subtext. Queer subtext. Queer subtext. They are a queer con couple. Oh my God. I'm sorry, I just have to say it. Okay, guys, listen, I'm going to try to make this brief, but I have a social theory that includes this movie. Okay. The whole dynamic between Miguel and Tulio, I have a theory that in every relationship that you have in your lives, and yes, listeners, I'm talking to you too, (laughs) in every relationship you have in your life, you're either a Miguel or you're a Tulio. Indeed. You can be different ones depending on the relationship you're in, mm-hmm. but you're either a Miguel or you're a Tulio. Red versus blue, right brain versus left brain, whatever you want to call it, you're one or the other. Indeed. Which one are we? <laughs> I mean, I think I'm Tulio. Yeah, I do too. And you're Miguel. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I'm not money hungry, but I do tend to be a bit more practical than you are. You're the one who's frowning at me for being silly, <laughs> which is what Julio is constantly doing to his boyfriend, Miguel. Absolutely. <laughs> Seven. All right. Yes. Partner. <laughs> Tons of gold for you. Tons of gold for me. Tons of gold for we. Obviously, they have their own little dumb ways. They have their own dumb relationship. I wonder <laughs> what made them drawn to one another. 
dare I say, I want a Miguel and Tulio movie prequel. <laughs> like, what what circumstances in their lives have drawn them to be con artists together? Yeah, but like they're just wanted as criminals in Spain for fraud, theft, general flim flamming. And I mean, no, we should not be following their example. No, but they're a lot of fun. <laughs> they're not looking to physically harm anybody, right? No, like... they just want to take their shit. I guess Miguel and Tulio are loading their dice. Oh my god! So, guys, if if you've ever been a flim flammer, you know that a great piece of uh, equipment to have on you is loaded dice. Exactly. And they are using it in this dice game to take this guy Pee Wee slash Zargon or whatever you said his Zaragoza. name. Zaragoza. Zaragoza. <laughs> this is Jigsaw, guys. This is the voice of Jigsaw. They're taking him for all he's got. It's Tobin Bell in this bit voice role. I can't handle he, it. He has less than three minutes of screen time. One more roll. Uh, guys. You're broke. You got nothing to bet with. Oh, yeah? I got this. A map. A map? A map of the wonders of the new world. For whatever reason, Zaragoza just has a map on him. Yeah, he's got this really detailed map of the New World. This ancient map that will apparently lead you to the city of gold, El Dorado. Okay, Jigsaw, you're on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Show me seven. Oh, I know. This here's the thing, Pee Wee or what is Zaragoza? It? Zaragoza. Jigsaw. Just call him Jigsaw. <laughs> okay, fine. Jigsaw like wants for this last roll to use his own dice. Not these dice that have been turning up seven on every roll. Yeah, he's like, this is sus as fuck. This time we use my dice. And like Tulio, this guys, we've all seen this moment. Tulio's rolling the dice in his hand, and Miguel is playing the loot like off to the <laughs> side. Yeah. That's amazing. Come on, baby. Papa needs that crappy map. Show me seven. Seven. All right, seven. (laughs) By some miracle of God, they land on seven and they win the entire pot. And Tulio is ecstatic. He loves money. Mm -hmm. He's stooping down, scooping up all the gold, and those loaded dice roll out of his vest. And Jigsaw Zaragoza gets on the ground (laughs) and starts pounding the ground and the dice won't roll over. And he's like, I knew it. Your dice are loaded. The way these two sociopaths (laughs) go into this we're caught shtick. Oh, no. This escapism shtick? Oh, this is one of their best bits, where they pretend to turn on each other so they can get out of trouble. The way they think they can get out of their con in this faux duel is ridiculous. They steal foils from a couple of city guards, and they start fencing. Fight fairly. Well, any last words? I will cut you to ribbons, fool. Such mediocrity. Let your sword do the talking. I will. It will be loquacious to a fault. Ha! Ha! Take that! When they slam those foils against each other and they're getting in each other's faces, this is when you first notice their eyes. Oh, yeah. Miguel's brilliant green eyes and Tulio's royal blue eyes. And I'm like... The way they're looking at each other, (laughs) they're exciting each other. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. 
guys, it's a cartoon. It's We're- a kids movie. I'm sorry, but there's a lot going on here. <laughs> We're being, we are definitely reaching, but I don't care. Miguel finally disarms Tulio, and they use that as their window to escape. Ladies and gentlemen, we've decided it's a draw. <laughs> <laughs> They're like on a roof, and they drop down off that roof into a bullpen. That shit, that bull sounds like a train. I know. I, I, <laughs> With the sound effects. We should have kept our swords, I think. Yeah. I've got a plan. What is it? Uh, well, uh... You pet him. Yeah. And I'll... We embark on this huge chase through the streets of the Spanish city, and the, guys, the music for 1519, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like a bull run, right? On a bet for two pesetas, they jump. They reach this, like, edge of the road, and they can jump down on the dock or they can be captured by the guards. When they plop into those water barrels, <laughs> and then it immediately gets rigged up and put on one of the ships going to the New World. I love it. Here. We're both in barrels. That's the extent of my knowledge. Okay, Miguel, we gotta move fast. On three, we jump out and we head for the dock. Good, good. Okay, excellent. Right. One, One, two, three. 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 I know, they're gonna make an escape from these barrels, but there's like this heavy chest that gets dropped on them. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Three. <laughs> when they finally pop out of there, we are like in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the night, and all of Cortez's men are looking at them like, what's this? And like, the men on the ship immediately drag them to Cortez. Cortez. Oh my god. This line made me shit my pants. My crew was as carefully chosen as the disciples of Christ. And I will not tolerate stowaways. You will be flogged. And when we put into Cuba to resupply, God willing, you will be flogged some more. They're gonna be flogged. And then flogged again. (laughs) And then enslaved on Spanish sugar plantations in Cuba. I know, it's awful. But Miguel! All right. Cuba. Ah. Miguel! You're about to be enslaved. Now's not the time for shtick. I don't know how long they've been in the brig when they cut to the next scene, but, like, Tulio is banging his head against the support beam. There's, like, a dent where he's been banging his head trying to think of an escape plan. So, uh, um, how's the escape plan coming? (laughs) I love Tulio. He stops for a second and he goes, Wait a minute. I'm getting something. Here's the thing. Right. (laughs) He's got like half a plan. He's got a plan to get back to Spain from the ship by stealing one of their longboats, right? But he's got no plan for physically getting out of the brig. Row back to Spain in a (laughs) rowboat, they die so fast. Oh, I know, I know. There is a horsey on board this ship. His name is Altivo. I love his sass. His sass carries the narrative. (laughs) It Um, really does. uh, He's Cortez's horse. One of. uh, He loves apples. (laughs) Which And there have been apples brought along to feed to the horsies. And um, one of them apples falls in the brig with Miguel and Tulio. And they're like, how the fuck are we going to get out of here? We'll entice the horse with an apple. This is Miguel's idea. You want a nice apple? 
Come and get it. But you have to do a trick for me first. All you have to do is find a pry bar. A long piece of iron with a hooky thing at the end. Yeah? Miguel, I'm talking to a horse. These two idiots think they're going to be able to talk this horse into getting them a crowbar or something to break them out of here. And you know what he does? No, that's the thing. He throws them the keys. You say two idiots, but that horse came back with the keys. I literally... Look at my notes. When Altivo gets the keys, I'm like... (laughs) That emoji with the two wide eyes. Altivo likes them now, I guess. No, yeah. In the dead of night... They steal some provisions, hijack one of those longboats, and start lowering themselves into the ocean, only to be interrupted by Altivo, who still wants his apple. Like, Miguel throws him that apple, and by some miracle of physics, it lands back in the water, and Altivo jumps in the water after them. When they're lowering the boat and the horse just flies down. course we have to save the horse or rather Miguel feels the need to save the horse they're capsized by another ship in Cortez's fleet they lose all their supplies they're barely able to get the longboat turned back over with El Tivo inside of it everything smashed to hell and I love it when they go hey, did any of the supplies make it well um yes and no Oh, great! Tulio, look on the positive side of these things, can't get... Excuse me, were you, were you going to say worse? No. No? No. You sure? Absolutely not. Uh, okay, I've revised that whole thing. Yeah. We're at least in a rowboat. We're in a rowboat. Exactly. We miss nothing. And the rain. <laughs> and as they're floating away, the shark fins <laughs> following them. It's too the good. dorsal fins following them in the water. It's amazing. We get this montage of the two of them trying to, quote, row back to Spain. <laughs> the, the chaos and the peace and them <laughs> rowing in circles. They have no idea where they are. They're fighting against storms, starvation, dehydration. They have no compass. They would not have made it. No, they, I know. They would not have made it. I get it. It's an animated children's <laughs> film, but like it's just funny. The bit where they're basically about to die from dehydration and they're talking about their regrets. Tulio's regret that he's never had enough gold. Oh, God. Okay, barf. Tulio... <laughs> Tulio is shallow. Uh, he is. And Miguel, he's never had his one great adventure. Oh, the drama. Oh, but then you know what sets my gay heart aflame? <laughs> Tulio, that asshole Tulio. I'm in love with him, though, and I hate it. <laughs> oh, he's such an asshole, but he he goes, Well, if it's any consolation, Miguel, you made my life an adventure. <laughs> and if it's any consolation, Tulio, you made my life <laughs> rich. <laughs> and Altivo rolls his eyes. The horse <laughs> rolls his eyes. And then that shuddering ga- I love that shuddering gasp that Miguel takes when they wash up on shore. <laughs> and then they both pick up handfuls of sand and they're shaking it out of their hand and they're like, holy shit! It is. It's, 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 it
queens finally wash up on a beach in South America. And this is where we learn that Miguel still has the map. Yeah, he just pulls it out of his shirt. Wasn't it ruined when you went in the water? You grabbed the map, but you couldn't grab a little more food. I just, I I can't. He realizes that they've landed near the beginning of the map. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, because there's that very specific landmark, the Whistling Rock. Yeah. That looks like a friggin' eagle's head, you know, on the beach. Tulio has to be bribed with the idea of a city of gold to go on this journey. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> like the idea of literally being able to pluck gold from the walls. I wouldn't set foot in that jungle for a million pesetas. How about a hundred million? What? I just thought that after all, since El Dorado is the city of gold. What's your point? You know, dust, nuggets, bricks, a temple of gold where you can pluck gold from the very walls. But you don't want to go, so let's get back into the boat and row back to Spain. After all, it worked so well last time. Wait. We find the city of gold. We take the gold. And And then then row back back to Spain. Spain. And buy Spain! I love Miguel. (laughs) Yeah, you go, sweetheart. You buy Spain. And guys, this takes us to a banger. Oh, yeah, it's a musical. Because we start following the map. And we come to the trail that we blaze. Look out, new world. Here we come. Brave and trepid. And then some. Of maximum audacity, whose resumes show that we are just a team to live where others merely dream. You look filling up our head of steam on the trail we blaze. It's giving Atlantis energy. Even though this is predating Atlantis. Yeah. It's giving big Atlantis energy. Um, I love all of the landmarks they're finding on the map. The big eagle chasm. Also, them getting chased around by monkeys. (laughs) After they bathe naked in the hot springs together. They animated their butts, guys. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) We saw the butts as they were skinny dipping. And then the monkeys stole all their clothes. And the crying rock waterfall. Oh, I love the shot of their sh- of their silhouettes on the gigantic waterfall yeah. as they're crossing that big trunk. Uh, uh, the gator rock with all the bats flying out of the mouth. See, I wrote jaguar. Yeah, it could be either or. It could be. Probably, you're probably right about that. Also, here's where I would like to insert this. How the hell did Jigsaw Zaragoza have this map to begin with? <laughs> Why was it in Spain? I know. Who brought it to Spain? Who drew it? It obviously had to originate here, right? Yeah. I mean, who else would know than somebody from here? I feel like it was drawn by indigenous people. But, 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 when when did the white people steal it? I know, I know. The sweet unfolding of an antique mystery All will be revealed So they finally find themselves in this foggy outcropping. Oh, when they fall all the way down the side of that chasm? Yeah, with this gigantic stone that's got the image of those two gods from the beginning. The founding of El Dorado. Yeah. It's it's quite literally El Dorado one mile. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those gods atop that giant snagging thing. (laughs) Tulio immediately gets mad at Miguel. 
Oh, no, because it's the rock from the map, right? And there's, like, no city of gold behind it. And he's like, uh, Miguel, where's the city of gold? We found it? Oh, yeah. We found it. Oh, fantastic! Where is it? How far? Right here. Where? Here. Behind the rock? No, no. This is it. Give me that. This... Apparently, El Dorado is native for... Great. Big. Rock! 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 Right about the time that they're leaving, like writing this all off as a loss, this indigenous woman runs out of the mist and she's being chased by all these guards. And like they run up on them at the rock because she's like running from these guards because she stole something from a temple, right? So this is Chell. Yeah. This woman that has is trying to escape the rest of the, um, what is the demonym? Eldoradoans? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Uh, Dorotoans? I don't know. Or just Mesoamerican Americans. Mesoamerican Americans? <laughs> Mesoamerican people. Why don't we just say Mesoamericans? <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. And like they pin her between Tulio and Miguel and them. And guys, here's the thing. It's all about the horse. There had been, you know, foretold like prophecies made in that area about creatures who were like half deer, half man, and that they would be coming and they would be like a harbinger for the coming of the gods or whatever. Yeah. And when the indigenous people see Tulio and Miguel on that horse. That is a sight for them. Yeah. They, they've never seen anything like them or that horse before. Like, so they immediately are like, okay. This is it. These are the gods. They're coming. I love it when they're leading them away because they're captured now, right? They're taking Chell and Miguel and Tulio and they basically, they're captured. That's not the attitude of the Mesoamericans, but we're getting there. I love the shot as they're leading them away. The sun is creeping into that canyon and you realize that stone isn't stone at all. It's gold. It's pure gold. Oh my God. And they're going through this chamber that literally cuts through this mountain range. Again, big Atlantis energy. Yeah. And they come out on the other side and guys, they found it. That moment when the reeds part and the oh, sunlight comes in. And you see the glint on whatever Chell's got in her arms. I get goosebumps every time. It's, it's El Dorado. This is my favorite part of the movie. I have two favorite parts of this movie. This is one of them. Guys, everything is gold. I don't have words. Everyone is shocked to see them. Those gigantic pillars that are like spewing water streams over them as they come through the gates. The golden butterflies. Oh my God. The colossal catfish. Yeah, no, these... Underneath them? These fish in the river that are the size of whales. It's amazing. I love how Altivo takes his tail out of the water. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not getting bit by that. They roll up. We've got two men running in opposite directions. There's three temples in El Dorado. One central, it's for the gods, and they're here. There's uh, the chief's temple on the right and the high priest's temple on the left. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So the high priest and the chief are fetched. Miguel and Tulio are welcomed by the city's high priest, Zekul Khan, and Chief 
Tanabak. Mm-hmm. He's their leader. Indeed. Um, <laughs> I, this is where I wrote in all caps, why can they communicate? <laughs> because it's Is a it gr- gold magic? <laughs> no, it's the DreamWorks movie. <laughs> and then I wrote, it's a kid's movie, I know. <laughs> My lords, I am Zekelcon, your devoted high priest and speaker for the gods. Hey. I am Chief Tanabak. What names may we call you? I am Miguel. And I am Tulio. And they call us Miguel and Tulio. The chief steps up and is like, my lords, why do you appear to us now? You know, why now? And Zekko Khan turns right to Tanabak and is like, you do not question the gods. And Miguel is like, yes, do not question us. We will unleash our wrath and you do not want that. And the way Zekko Khan's like, well, yes, we do. <laughs> it's going to be a struggle between Zekko Khan and Tanabok for like the rest of the movie. Tanabok is very chill. He just wants to welcome his gods and show proper tribute to them. Zekko Khan's like, oh my God, the rapture's coming. Oh my God. Queens. And I'm like, yeah, he's very, he's very giddy for Ethnic cleansing. It's it's not cool. I, yeah, I, I I don't. And that's the thing. That's the thing. My gross feeling about that is exactly why this movie is not kind to the indigenous people. Like Zekel Khan represents a lot of that. Well, it's kind of like you know Zekel Khan and all his evil, and then the rest of El Dorado. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, Imagine that the religious figure in the community. Is the Uh-oh. one who's being problematic. Zekel Khan literally wants to cleanse the city and usher in what he's calling the age of the jaguar. I mean, I guess if you'd been trained your whole life to believe that this coming is going to pass. I don't know, man. I draw the line at killing people. I mean, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Divinity. One moment. He wants them to show proof of their divinity. And this is where the thing with the volcano happens. Like, they're just, they're arguing about how to best con these people right now so they don't, like, get found out yeah and like i don't know get possibly murdered mm-hmm. and i mean that's that's their white fear but let's be honest yeah they've never seen these people before either miguel you know that little voice that people have that tells them to quit when they're ahead you don't have one but i'm sorry i just got carried away way away maybe we should tell the truth and then beg for mercy they might are you nuts we'd be butchered We're alive yes but they are suspicious and if we don't come up with some sort of mega yes. cosmic the volcano just starts going off for no reason while their voices are getting louder and louder shouting at each other. And then all, for whatever reason, all at once, the volcano shuts the fuck up. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. I can't. You horse, horse, and you are the Stop! Everyone is when they when it goes quiet and everyone is bowed to them. Oh yeah, it's so gross. But these people actually believe they're gods. They are believe they are the deities of El Dorado. Don't make me start it up again, because I will. Mighty lords, come, let me show you to our temple. Right, temple. They climb all the way up the, to the central temple at the top, which is supposedly for them. And the- Once they think they're alone, they're completely losing their cool. They're so 
pleased with themselves. Oh yeah, no, here's they're like in their each other's faces congratulating themselves. An entire city of suckers. They're gross. And this is where we're formally introduced to Chell, the woman who stole the head from the temple. Miguel and Tulio. Tulio and Miguel, mighty and powerful gods. Hello. Ah! <laughs> Depart, mortal, before we Strike you with a lightning bolt. Beware the wrath of the gods. Be gone. Save it for the high priest, honey. You're gonna need it. This is also the beginning of the movie over-sexualizing this cartoon woman. Listen, I love Chell. And when she goes, save it for the high priest, honey, you're gonna need it. (laughs) I'm sorry, it's cute as hell. Oh no, she looks like a sketch from an artist's not safe for work folder. And and the other thing is, she's overheard all of their nonsense. Yeah, she knows exactly what they're about. She knows they're not gods. And she's basically like, hey, I want in on the scam. I want to get out of here. You guys want to get out of here with all this gold. Make me a part of it. They literally cannot do this without her. Like, they'll be murdered for lying if they're found out. They need her insider intel. She wants in so she can get out. She wants in so she can get out. Aha, got it. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Think you're the only ones who dream of better things? Of adventure? You've got your reasons. And I've got mine. Let's not make it personal, okay? It's just business. The way she frowns when she says, and I've got mine, we never learn her reasons. Uh-huh, which is kind of why a lot of people see her as reduced to an object. This film cannot pass the Bechdel test. Absolutely friggin' not. <laughs> she proposes that she helps them pull off this con in exchange for passage out of the city when they leave with all the gold. And, like, she tells them to get dressed for the feast, and instead of leaving the room, she sits down. And they're getting undressed. And Julia's like, do you mind? And she's like, no. And she's like, oh, 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 you want me to leave? Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. She's like, no, I don't mind. Go ahead. Keep taking off your clothes. Like, literally none of us as a culture know how adult this movie almost was before it went through that last round of edits. You know what I mean? I love this conversation. I guess they should have called this place Dorado. Oh, no. Yeah, they're getting dressed for the feast, and Tulio and Miguel propose that in order to stay sharp, that Chell is officially, quote, off limits. Listen, we are partners. We're partners. We have a plan, remember? Get the gold, go back to Spain. Yes, and we are pretending to be gods. Now, put Chell in the mix. What is the voice saying? Listen carefully. Chell is off limits? Hmm? Bravo! Chell is off limits. Shake on it. Off limits. They are so gay. <laughs> Here's the thing. They are biconic. Like they literally they're both like, okay, we need to stay focused. Let's stay focused on each other. Uh- <laughs> Shell is off limits. Like they're in an open relationship. <laughs> Listen, no, that's not how a lot of remote open relationships work, but I know what you're talking about. Oh my God. Guys, I'm in a couple of poly Facebook groups. Memes from this movie appear regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) 
Well, this takes us into another musical number, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. They go out to the feast, and this is where the people start playing It's Tough to Be a God. The version in the movie slaps so much harder than the one that was on the soundtrack. There again, they're on their knees. Being worshipped is a breeze which rather suits us in the interim. It's me and him. God. That, I don't care for that energy, but at the same time, I'm glad they're having a good time. No, I know. We're do- I, I'm not glad that all of the Mesoamerican people here believe that they're actually divine beings. No, but- the fraud of it all is horrifying. I mean, hey, they are great con artists, right? Yeah, we're drinking, we're eating. But see, doesn't that inform upon the white centricity of this? Yeah. We're only zazzed about them. We learn little to nothing about their way of life here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's literally about the party and about the white people enjoying all of their resources. You know, I would have loved a musical number, I don't know, maybe talking about life in El Dorado? No, you're right. Like, a song from the people's point of view would have been amazing. Yeah, no, we get none of that. But now we're just going to continue being terrible. Be a symbol of perfection. We are cult. Take their praise. Take a collection as the multitudes exult. Gone a supernatural habit. We'd be crazy crap. You got it. So sign on to new gods for paradise. the horse party so hard that he literally passes out. Is Altivo drunk? He is! They're all drunk! Wild night. But (laughs) you know what? At the same time, we've got to do our dawn ceremony that Zekko Khan suggested. They come to this I don't know, precipice? This cliff? It's like an altar that hangs over this gigantic chasm leading down to a death pool. Yeah, no, it's a giant whirlpool that they believe to be the entrance to the spirit world, Jibalba. This mask that Zekko Khan has on is amazing. And the I, skull? Yeah, I know. It's like the skull with like golden like ram horns. Like, I, I, it's amazing. And you know what? What better way to show our gods that we're down for you than to sacrifice someone to you? Again, with the human sacrifice. Like, <laughs> Chell... With her, with her thing full of flower petals and the look on her face, it's like, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be good. It's not gonna be good. The beginning of a new era, the dawning of a new age. Demand sacrifice. I don't like this, Julia. We've got to do something. Again, did this happen in indigenous tribes all over the world? Yes. But the way this movie chooses to highlight it over and over again, and on top of that, the white Spaniard men are the saviors of the situation. Yeah, they stop it. Stop! This is not a proper tribute. You do not want the tribute. No, no, no. We, We want tribute. 
Uh, it's just that, um, Tulio, tell him. The stars are not in position for this tribute. Like he says, stars can't do it. Not today. The way they're yes-anding each other, <laughs> just to stay on top of this con. And then Tanabok is like, you know what they might like more? Gold. Oh my all god. All of that gold. I, the, the, the many different forms all the gold comes in. Vases, bowls, goblets, like... Earrings. It's, it's all insane. And like all that gold. And Tanabok famously goes... The gods have chosen to Shibalba. <laughs> to Shibalba. Oh, great. This is reminiscent of the tribal ritual that actually started this legend. Like El Dorado was the name given by the Spanish to this mythical tribal ceremony where a king would douse himself in gold powder and then dunk himself in the river Mm -hmm. and the people would throw gold shit in after him. And these people in this movie believe that this whirlpool at the foot of this temple is the entrance to the spirit world. Jibalba! Jibalba. And they just start throwing all the gold off the cliff and it's all all smashing into the whirlpool <laughs> and Miguel and Tulia are so funny. And Miguel looks right at the camera. <laughs> the air quote camera. Hey, Chell, um, what are they doing? They're sending it to Shibalba, the spirit world. Spirit world. I'll take care of it. The way they've left their bodies yeah. when Tulio goes, the spirit world. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me, Chief. The gods have changed their minds about Shibalba. They wish to bask in the reverence that has been shown them. Stop! They wish to bask. Take the tribute to the gods' temple. I want to bask. <laughs> No, yeah, they are immediately gifted all this gold by the city. They're getting everything they ever wanted out of this con. Tulio to Miguel is like, okay, we just have to keep this up and we'll be golden. (laughs) You can fire me if you want. (laughs) Oh my God. Miguel is like, how are we meant to get all of this gold back to Spain with us? Yeah. And like, (laughs) they didn't think this through. And then we cut to them meeting with the chief. A boat. Oh, no, yeah. They asked Chief Tani to build them a boat so they can get out of here. Also, he's like, we expected that you were going to stay with us for at least the next thousand years. They're like, dude, what's what's with the Irish goodbye? What are, <laughs> what are we doing here? And he's like, well, I guess we could have a boat built for you in, oh, I don't know, three days? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I, it's gold magic. I'm telling you. <laughs> and like, Tulio is worried about this. Because three more days, that's plenty of time to be found out by these people. But the thing is, Miguel is like, I like it here. Oh, no, yeah. Miguel is falling in love with the city. He wants to be out among the people. (laughs) I love Tulio because Miguel's like, you worry too much. And he goes, no, I worry exactly the right amount. But Tulio, this place is amazing. I mean, I wonder what's... No, don't even move. 
<laughs> Tulio, you're you... moving. Uh, just yeah, uh, hey, hey, hey! Come I, on, I, I, I gotta put. Stay. I, uh, I just would... just stand there for three days. Yes, exactly. For three days. Don't even breathe. So Miguel air quote promises to lie low while Chell seduces Tulio. Oh no, yeah, that's the thing. Like Miguel's like, all right, I won't go out in the city. And, and then leaves. Yeah, Chell really wants private time with Tulio. And she's like, no, you go ahead, go explore. I'll cover for you, babe. Oh my, you know what? Chell's a little manipulative. Just a little. Like that's the thing. Like she is just trying to get out of this GD city. And she's got to seduce one of them, she feels like, to maintain power. You know what I mean? mean what happened to miguel i don't know oh my god he's gone miguel's gone he's loose what am i gonna do oh no no (laughs) oh miguel is right you worried so much Uh, uh, uh. and then he's freaking out and she's trying to calm him down she's giving him back and head scratches he is putty in her hands. It doesn't matter that he promised his best friend that he wouldn't stoop this woman. No, th- there's a couple of times where Tulio's like, no, I'm happily in love with Miguel. You can't do this right now. <laughs> he does not. No, he doesn't. But he's, he's I, this is also where I wrote, this is a kid's movie? Question mark? <laughs> no, the way they are massaging each other and they're both like biting their lips and crossing their eyes. So Miguel is out and about and he finds the city suspiciously empty. Oh, God. You know, Zekko Khan's little minion, I don't think the character has a specified name. I tried to find it, but the, it's the guy in the jaguar pelt. Yeah. On his head, you know? And he he's like, Excuse me. Excuse me? Hey, where is everybody? They've been cleared from the streets, my lord, so the city can be cleansed, as you ordered. Cleansed? Yes, so the age of the jaguar can begin. I literally wrote, cleansed? Oh, I hate the word cleansed. So the age of the jaguar can begin as he ordered? No, I don't like that word cleansed in any context. I don't care who you are, where you're from. I don't like that word. We are slowly learning through his interactions with the people, with these Mesoamerican people, that um, Miguel is a benevolent god. Oh, god, He's the people's god. Yeah, this takes us into without question. Mm-hmm. Because he tells those guards to take the day off, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you literally get out of my way. And, of course, they're going to obey the gods before all others. So we get this montage of Miguel being among these Mesoamerican people, doing stuff they like to do. Like, fly around in the air with your ankle tied to a pole for some reason. Or go boating on a gigantic, colossal rhino turtle. Oh, no, I literally have, we're taking a scenic tour on the back of a turtle. The thrill has gone. I step outside. I believe in anything were not for you. Showing me by just existing only this is true. isn't going how Zekko Khan thought it would and he's starting to get angry and suspicious. Oh yeah, he sees all this happening and he's going through his, I'm not sure, book of magic 
book of spells. And he's looking at all these depictions of these ruthless, violent gods. And he's like, this is uh, not what I had in mind. Zekul Khan says that Gotham is filthy and dirty and must be purified. <laughs> that Gotham is filthy. Like he's Rajah Ghoul. <laughs> yeah, like he's Rajah Ghoul. <laughs> Oh my goodness. No, yeah, that's Zekul Khan's mindset. Zekul Khan goes to tell on Miguel for being out amongst the people, yeah. even though he's supposed to be a ruthless god. And guys, there's no easy way to say it, but the- Chell is definitely humming one of the gods. Oh, you mean blowing Tulio? Yeah! Ah, Whoa! My lord? <gasps> Hello? Ow. <gasps> What's he gonna think if he finds one of the gods like this with me? Uh, lucky god? That is just I. <laughs> it's a kids movie. <laughs> and you're right, she's definitely blowing him, isn't she? <laughs> yes, she is. Oh my god. Guys, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Oh, Zekel Khan, what brings you here? I, 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 I humbly request an audience with you, my lord. Lord, yes. What can I do for you? My lord, I have just seen Lord Miguel out among the people. Really? Tulio, Chell, and Zekel Khan find Miguel playing ball in the streets with, like, Chief Tani and all the kids. And Zekel Khan's immediately scandalized. He this wa- is unacceptable! Yeah, yeah. Like he said, the gods should not be playing ball like this. Well, exactly. This is how the gods should play ball. But don't blame me. I blame you. This is my second favorite part of the movie. (laughs) Because we're about to play a game of Mesoamerica ball game. Oh, no, that's the thing. You also tried to find a name for this game, right? I mean, the, 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 the only name I could really find for it was Ulama. Yeah. And, and like, I remember learning about this game in school. Yeah. We learned about, we did it we, in middle, in middle schools, usually where you do your, you know, your, conquist- indig- your, conquistadors. your indigenous America units, you know. <laughs> and like, guys, this is, I mean, basketball is basically the North American version of this Mesoamerican ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's the hoop is on its side as opposed to like a basketball hoop. Yeah. But the principle is still the same. What is the object of this game, pray tell? Gotta knock the ball through the hoop. What hoop? That hoop. That's impossible. We're gonna lose. Gods don't lose. To shoot it all the way up the side of that wall with your hip, and I'm like, what? We have an actual test of godhood now. They have to play this game, and they have to play it against all of Chief Tanabok's best warriors. Yeah, they suck at this because they're not divine. Yeah, absolutely. And it's looking a little piss poor for them. It's like 10 warriors versus the two of them. And like like you said, it's going the way you'd assume it would. Tulio, the hip, the hip. <laughs> they're getting their asses kicked. When Chell walks up to them, he's like, you're getting your asses beat. And they're like, we need a miracle. We need to cheat. And Chell's like, hey, take my little armadillo friend. He rolls up just like a ball. Oh, no, yeah. For some reason, this armadillo, among many other characters in this movie, can understand English and therefore be given the instruction to cheat. The armadillo is giving Miko energy. (laughs) Yeah, from Pocahontas. From Pocahontas, yeah. And, like, this is patently ridiculous. But, like, it is a kid's movie. Like, I just hoped no children tried to use, like, their guinea pig as a tennis ball or anything like that. With the help of the armadillo, they win by a hair. 
Oh, by a big hair, because that armadillo like bounces off the field and Chell mistakenly throws a real ball back into play. And they, by a miracle, make the shot. And the way it's teetering back and forth inside of the hoop. <laughs> I love Altivo. His little sassy ass, he just gives the wall a kick and it falls through the hoop and they've won. This is where Zekel Khan suggests that they sacrifice the losing team. Like all of Chief Tonabok's best warriors, which first of all, is not a good investment no matter who you're trying to please. You know what I'm saying? Like what if you're attacked? And Miguel has had it at this point. He's sick of hearing about it. He's sick of getting the push notifications. <laughs> this is where he stands up to Zekel Khan. Not again. Look, Zekel Khan. Forget the sacrifices. Miguel. We don't want any sacrifices. But all of the sacred writings say that you will devour the wicked and the unrighteous. Well, I don't see anyone here who fits that description. <sighs> well, as speaker for the gods, it would be my privilege to point them out. When Zekul Khan says the thing about, like, I would be it would be my privilege to point out the people that need cleansed. Uh-oh! And like eyes Tanabok? I know. This is where Miguel uses his <laughs> fake godly powers to banish Zekel Khan. The gods are speaking for themselves now. This city and these people have no need for you anymore. <clears throat> there will be no sacrifices. <sighs> not now, not ever. Oh yeah, it's great, but you know what? It, it it's bad news bears. In the course of the ball game, Miguel got bloodied up on on one of his eyebrows. Tulio elbowed him in the face when they threw that last shot, and Zekul Khan notices blood trickled down the side of his face. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's bad news bears from here on out. Because he's got them figured out now. Cut to them in Zekulkan's chambers, talking to the, the the poor guy with the jaguar pelt on his head. Y yeah. He's like, Do you know why the gods demand blood? Well, I don't know. Because gods don't bleed. And he cuts his hand with a knife, and he rubs it on the image of the gods on that stone tablet. Because, because gods... Don't bleed. And his hand heals instantly? Oh no. After touching the image of the gods? Uh-oh. But you know what? It's okay. He's got an idea. We're going to make a kitty cocktail. <laughs> oh no. Pun intended. Pun oh, intended. God. You'll see why. Also, guys, meanwhile, they build in that boat. Like, they are delivering on their promise. Yeah, three days, we'll have you a boat ready to sail with you and all this gold out of this city. And also, Miguel is just... Having fun with the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's getting to know everybody. I want more of that narrative. Like, I'm glad that we can have a couple musical numbers about it. But, like, I, I really would like to have seen some interaction to have met some people. I mean, yeah, we do have Tanabok and we have Zekul Khan. But those are two very, um, just very narrow views of these people. Miguel is surveying the work with Chief Tani, like looking over the boat to make sure it's okay. And it becomes apparent that Miguel is trying to stall for time 
because he doesn't want to leave the city. Like, he loves it here too much. I have been around boats, believe me. And that, um, the pointy, tall, um, the, 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 the long up and up and down thing. The mast? The mast, yes, yes, mast is good. Well, look at it. I mean, there's not nearly enough, uh, um, rope. Rope? Yes, rope, exactly my point. Vertical ascension requires a lot more, uh, rope. My lord. <laughs> and look at this. <clears throat> this doesn't look at all secure. He's literally picking apart details in the construction of this boat because he's trying to prolong their stay. And I love Chief Tanabak. He's like, dude, if you want to stay with us, you just have to say so. And the way he's like, well, I have to go back with Tulio. We're partners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. He means partners in business. You love him, Miguel. Uh, <laughs> That's the thing. You love him. And here's the thing. I'm pretty sure at this point, Chief Tani knows that they're frauds. But for some reason, he doesn't care. Like The he's way like, he looks at Miguel, like he just wants to hold him. I know. You know what I mean? Well, then, I better go get some more rope. Huh? Oh, Chief, um, forget about the rope. Um, my mistake. Hey, to air is human. I know, which is something they said earlier. Yeah, like, it's like, wink, wink. Like, I feel like Chief Tawny knows that they're human. <laughs> and is just letting them play it out anyway. <laughs> For some reason, yes. Also, back at the temple, Kel is already trying to divvy up the treasure. Oh, yeah. For when they leave. She wants half. <laughs> and Julio's like, um, no. <laughs> No, you're not going to take half. Maybe I'll give you 10%. But, like, he's willing to negotiate with her flesh, basically. The w Okay, the one moment I was like, oh, shit, was when he was like, I want you to want mm -hmm. what you want. Mm-hmm. Go on. All right. Cards on the table. Uh, I want you to come to Spain with me and Miguel. Mostly me. Especially me. Only me. Forget Miguel. <laughs> well, as long as that's what you want. Me too. Okay, this would literally be my worst fear. If I was in a nice relationship with another young man, <laughs> and then he fell in love with some girl and left me for her. Oh, Miguel witnesses all of this. He's so butthurt. Forget Miguel. Well, forget Tulio. Forget Tulio, he's being an <laughs> asshole. That was an asshole thing to do. Tulio, we literally said Chell was off limits. Tulio, Tulio beat Miguel about the head for getting them into this situation and is now going to close him out? Yeah, I know. It's bad. Meanwhile, uh, Zekel Khan is cooking up a magic spell. The kitty cocktail. Oh, God. That's what that joke means. Okay, okay. Not okay. kitty, kitty. Yeah, no. Rar. Th they are <laughs> It's the rar for me. And he, you know, Jaguar skin cap is like, it's almost done. And he's like, and he when he ladles out a bowl for him to try it or something. And he's like, mm, I think it needs a little more body. He murders that guard for his blood to complete the recipe. 
And guys, this is wild. You ever had like one too many cocktails and then thought you were controlling buildings? Oh God, this giant stone jaguar in the temple comes to life and Zekel Khan is given control of it. Do as I command. Everyone's just trying to have a little party. I love those kids who are reenacting what happened after the ball game. There will be no more sacrifices. That guy does you better than you do. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, Tulio's trying to have a good time because this is supposed to be a little farewell feast. And Miguel is pouting. Like, Tulio's like, we're going to get to go back to Spain. We're going to get to live like kings. And Miguel goes, well... Isn't King kind of a step-down from God? What? Whoa, 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 Miguel. (laughs) We can't stay here. We have a plan, remember? How about we forget the plan? Hmm? I I, the passive aggression. (laughs) Oh, my God. And before they can argue about this... Zekel Khan appears with his pet stone jaguar. Now everyone will know the truth of your divinity. When he chuckles and does air quotes. (laughs) Divinity. (laughs) Now everyone will know the truth of your divinity. This jaguar is huge. I know. It's like the size of buildings. And like this jaguar starts attacking the city. This is the cleansing that Zekel Khan wanted to happen so badly. We get backed up to Shibalba oh, no. eventually. Yeah, Tulio, Miguel, and Shell get on Altivo and they run up to that cliff that sits over the whirlpool to Shibalba. And like, <laughs> Zekel Khan has their number. I know. And I know what you are not. And you are not gods. You're not a god? You lied to me? This is where they resurrect the bit. These two sociopaths start doing shtick again. They pretend to turn on each other. And I love this because it's like, they're not fighting? No, that's the thing. Tulio's trying to do the shtick, but Miguel means it. Oh, no, yeah. Miguel's (laughs) hurt. And baby, I don't blame you. Fuck that asshole, Julio. <laughs> Zekel Khan is enjoying watching them argue for a second. And the way that they just fake him out, acting like they're going to punch each other, but they both punch him instead. Well, then why don't you just go back to Spain and I'll stay here and we'll both get what we want. That's fine with me, pal. Fine with Ooh. me, too. Fine. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> All right. He gets yeeted off of the cliff when it collapses, and he goes to Shibaba. Yeah, he falls in the whirlpool, him and the jaguar both. Bye, kitty. Yeah, no. (laughs) Drown that kitty. You know what I'm saying? Stop! I'm just saying. They both get swept out of sight by the current. But this was something I did not see coming. Right? Zekko Khan gets spit out at the crying rock. Yeah. That's where that goes, which leads me to wonder... Why are there not piles of gold at Crying Rock? (laughs) That's where they're throwing all of it, right? Yeah, no, that's a continuity (laughs) error. 
<laughs> they should have found like a huge mound of gold. But he washes up on the shore out of that little lake that the crying rock cries into. And cries into. Who is standing on the shore but Cortez and the conquistadors. Oh my God. The, the image of the page from the book forming over Cortez. He thinks this is the coming of the whatever, of the cleansing. And the age of the jaguar. Yeah. Cortez looks a lot like the picture in that book. Which, I mean, hey, he is a bringer of ruin. <laughs> I wrote, he thinks Cortez is the slaughterer of the prophecy. Yeah. Back in El Dorado... <laughs> Having saved the city... Miguel's a hero. Yeah, Miguel resolves to stay in the city. Here's where it gets gay sad. Oh, no, yeah. like <laughs> Everybody's excited he's going to stay. Tulio and Chell are going to leave. And this takes us into friends never say goodbye. We need to re-examine they were just friends. I understand why people think this movie is sexist in the sense that Chell is reduced to an object that Miguel and Tulio fight over? Kind of equating it with the gold, right? Yeah, a little bit. I say it, her. Equating her with the gold. Exactly. And here's the thing. I feel like that's a very heterosexual interpretation of it. Like, when I feel, when I look at that scene where he's like, huh, forget Miguel. Well, then, forget Tulio. To me, that is not about Tulio getting Chell's affection. Like, it's not like Miguel is jealous of Chell's affection for Tulio. He's jealous of Tulio's affection for Chell. Miguel wants Tulio. That's my interpretation of it and yours. Friends never say goodbye. Never say goodbye. When Tulio tears up the map, so that nobody can get back there? Why am I so sad? Like, he's a fucking asshole. Get gone. <laughs> and, like, here's the thing. Miguel's not even mad at Chell. Like, when they go to leave, he even smiles at Chell and tries to shake her hand. Like, he's not mad at her. He's mad at Tulio. It's mad gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, my God. When he's, like... When when they when he walks up to him and he's about to get on the boat and he's like his l bottom lip is trembling, <laughs> Miguel says and he's like, "Well, good luck." Yeah, you too. Never say goodbye. I'm crying. <laughs> God. I don't want them to break up, guys! <laughs> Here's the other thing. I don't know that Miguel thought this through. Because he's going to stay here in El Dorado and play Man of the People, right? Yeah. He will eventually die. Get, yeah, and get found out. <laughs> yeah, like, he did not think this through. And what's how's that going to traumatize the Mesoamericans? Oh, man. And they're like, oh, wasn't actually a god. Also, Altivo the horse is the only one that notices the Spanish are coming. Oh, no, yeah. The literal plumes of smoke in the distance that show you they're burning their way to El Dorado. Oh, yeah. Just with Zekulcon's guidance. Just as the boat is about to take off, Cortez's army arrives outside the city, and the guards start wigging. Approaching the city. That is an army of strangers. We are safe here. They'll never find the gate to the city. But, sire, they are being led by Tsekonka. He survived. Warriors, prepare yourselves for battle! 
Chief, you cannot fight them. Then how can we stop them? We can't. And like Tulio immediately starts forming a plan because that's allegedly what he's good for, right? He decides that they can block Cortez from coming into the city by crashing the boat into the pillars that are at the entrance of the city. And they'll like collapse the tunnel, right? Yeah. As the boat is making its way towards the entrance. They're going to collapse the pillars yeah, that, gonna, are at, that are outside of the gate, right? They're going to knock the supports out from under the pillars. And like the people, as the boat is going past, the people are knocking the supports out, but they're falling too fast. <laughs> and they're like right in the path of this falling colossal pillar. And Chell's like, Tulio, get the sail, but the sail won't come undone. <laughs> Carrie? I know. Carrie? I know. First of all, Tanabok basically holding this pillar up by himself. <laughs> like he's a with demigod. The, with the ropes. It's very <laughs> Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Um, And then like, Carrie, this moment. Uh-huh. Miguel gets on Altivo. It's like, they're not going to make it. He goes right. He knows Tulio needs him and he goes right to him. He's like, that pillar is going to squash my boyfriend. He leaps off of Altivo. And like him in the sun for that one shot as he's flying through the air. He's an actual god in that moment. grabs the sail as he drops down onto the deck of the boat. And, uh, yeah, that speeds things up a little bit. Get off the boat, Miguel, or you'll never see the city again. I know, but you don't think I'm gonna let you have all the fun, do you? Come on, we've got a wave to catch. I'm sorry, could we not have had a conversation about our feelings? I understand <laughs> not, because we're in the middle of a crisis, but... He, he's like, man, it's cool. I'm not mad at you anymore. At that moment... He chose Tulio over being a literal god in a city of gold? If that's not love, I don't know what is. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. The pillars falling into the river causes a wave that propels the boat through the cavern under the mountain, right? Very Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> But in order... <laughs> Sorry. No, that's funny. I do remember thinking about this movie during that sequence in that movie. But in order to close the entrance, they have to hit the these entrance pillars broadside. But the gold! I know! <laughs> They're so upset. They're still worried about the gold. They hit those pillars and they go flying through the air. My final note was D-E-D, dead. <laughs> They'd be so dead. No, they would. And like all the gold goes flying. We have no idea where it went. And then the tunnel collapses on all of it. Not them, though. Yeah, they no. get spewed out with the spurt. And they all wash up in that big alcove where that big rock was. Where Chell found them. Yeah. And like... Cortez and his army and Zekel Khan are walking up and like they all hide behind a rock and Zekel Khan gets up to that entrance and he sees it's collapsed. And he's like, no. He knows he's in a world of shit. You lying heathen. There's nothing here at all. 
Men, seize him. There is no Eldorado here. Onward, men. Here's the other thing I have a problem with. The fact that Cortez is by definition also a villain in this story, but the narrative treats him as like a device to move the plot forward. And like, Zekel Khan is the quote actual villain, right? Yeah. And I'm like, guys, it's all bad. Why is the brown man painted as the major villain when we have an actual genocidal explorer on the board? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Our European protagonists are kind of bad, too. Yeah. Like, for making these people believe they're divine and then almost bringing their city to ruin. Yeah, but then in the end, it's only, like, the Mesoamerican man who pays the price for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because because Cortez gets to go on and conquer, and then they get away. Yeah. And like, Oh, my God. They drag Zekel Khan away. When Chell appears and waves at Zekel Khan... <gasps> wait! No, wait! Wait! The, when he says, no, wait, wait! That's chilling to me. <laughs> We're having a what have we learned moment between the four of us. <laughs> Chell, the horse, and Miguel and Tulio. And I love while they're talking, they're like, oh my god, all that gold. No, Tulio's literally sobbing. <laughs> there was so much gold. But then in the background, you see El Tivo. Look at his hooves, and he's got golden horseshoes on, and he's like, oh, and then hides them. (laughs) And like Miguel and Tulio make up. It's very sweet. And I love Chell. She's literally on El Tivo, and she's like, come on, boys. We literally have an entire continent to explore. Hey, guys. Come on. You don't want to stay here forever, do you? But uh, we don't have a map. We don't have a plan. That's what makes it interesting. You're right. What are we waiting for? Let's follow that trail. See, here's the thing about this. They're going to die. (laughs) You think? Either from exposure or, I mean, I guess they have Chell to help them survive, but (laughs) either from exposure or from the Spanish in your local area. (laughs) I know. Is there a sequel to this? Is there a bad direct-to-DVD sequel of this? No, there's not. Okay, so they die. (laughs) We don't have a plan. Oh, that's half the fun. Half the fun is going to be finding somewhere safe to sleep tonight, guys. You don't know what's out there. What about jaguars, monkeys, like... I think Chell's never been outside the city. (laughs) Not that we know. You know what? How dare you? How dare you try to bring down the end to this magnificent... They're going to die. (laughs) The Spanish in your local area. The Citizens app. Conquistadors spotted at 42nd and Post. <laughs> oh boy. Guys, that was so much fun. I love queer subtext. Oh no, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't really feel like there should be a big outro this week because, on the one hand, we did pick this movie for the beginning of June. Yes. Which is Gay Pride Month. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, the, the queerness that you and I and many others. We're kind of inventing it, aren't we? We're projecting it. Yeah. We it, are projecting it. You know what, Carrie? 
I don't care. I don't either. Because there are some not so subtle hints, <laughs> and I'm taking DreamWorks to task for it. <laughs> They're all a polycule. Just admit it. Big thruple energy here at the end. Thruple is actually my goal in life. I just want to settle down in the country with my husband and my wife. <laughs> we will all raise lovely children together, have an army of beagles, and more berry bushes than we can count. <laughs> Do you know how bad I want that for you? I'm, we're going to be making preserves. <laughs> Me and my husband and my wife, we're going to sell them at farmer's markets. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> we're going to call it, I don't know, you know, like Smucker's Thrupples. <laughs> Thrupples Jam. Thrupples Fresh Preserves. <laughs> Guys, let's get a little bit more queer-focused next week. (laughs) I mean, granted, the topic of next week's subject was not a queer person themselves, but is a very uh, important person to the queer community. Oh, we're going to get Queen Renee in here next week, guys. (laughs) Renee Zellweger got a whole new head in 2014 and did not apologize for it. It's disconcerting. Okay, but like, get to the meat. Like, what are we covering? (laughs) Next week, folks, we're going to be covering the 2019 biopic drama, Judy. Oh, God. We're going to be commemorating Judy Garland's 100th birthday this coming June 10th. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. And what a better way. You know what? This movie, I I take issues with some of it, but I think... Renee Zellweger gives an amazing performance in it. She deserved that Oscar. Fuck the Oscars, but she deserved that Oscar. (laughs) Yeah. So look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget to go check us out on Patreon. Guys, become a little onion at the five. You get access to all of our bonus content, all of our outtakes, our long-form coverage, maybe some stuff outside the timeline. You'll be so glad that you joined. Please give <laughs> us your money. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.